aka Padders, welcome back to another awesome, fantastic episode of AKA Pads, the Film Buff Podcast. This whole show is my personal journey to watch every single film ever made and bring it to you. Right now, we're up to number 632. We're talking Killer Joe from the master filmmaker, William Fredkin, starring Matthew McConaughey. We have to talk about this because it's an intersection of Fredkin's career and McConaughey's career. Camera speed, sound production, take one. Action! Alright, AKA Patters, a little bit of a show note. I just want to get this out of the way. We are marching towards the double day drop that we have been teasing for almost a year now. But we're getting there, guys. Last year, I, I would say one half of last year was personal growth. A uh, couple things had happened in my life, life-changing things. And then the second half of last year was nothing but challenges. <laughs> so it's like I got the good and the bad through 2023. It's 2024 now. A lot of this stuff, we're cleared out of the way. So I can just sit down and, yeah, like, just record, watch movies, record, watch movies, do my research, uh, and just get, like, overall, like, more and more enthusiastic because I'm not pressured uh, to do a lot of the episodes. And, yes, I would say in the last two years, we've had an epic, masterful, great, crushing slowdown of all of these episodes. But we're here. We're talking Killer Joe, a movie... Uh, I say this often on this podcast, a movie I should have seen before now, 2011. This is a part of McConaughey's absolute, absolute comeback. I don't think I can, uh, I can't think of another actor that was written off earlier in his career. We know his early movies, everyone. We know... Days and Confused, Lone, <coughs> excuse me, Days and Confused, Lone Star, A Time to Kill, Contact, Amistad. Um, Amistad was his, uh, you know, Oscar focal point. U five seven one, Ed TV, and then after Ed TV, he kind of like trails off. He's in a couple of genre movies, Frailty, Rain of Fire. But then eventually, uh, don't forget Time to Kill, uh, but eventually he becomes a romantic actor, and he's in some good movie. I mean, Sahara that he's in with Penelope Cruz is fantastic, but he's in some bangers, in my opinion. But he comes back with this movie, 2011, Killer Joe. Then in 2012, he comes back again with Mud. Two movies back-to-back. Mud is upcoming. Don't get me wrong. We will be discussing Mud. Mud. And in 2013, he's in the beginning of Wolf of Wall Street, but that's not the one we want to talk about. We want to talk about Dallas Buyers Club. And then he gets memed forever in that crying scene in Interstellar. And then at that point, he has been, uh, you know, like a go-to, a Hollywood go-to guy. Uh, all kinds of different movies. His diversification in roles. And and I, I don't mean who he's playing. I mean everything that he's around. The setting of the movie. 
the time of the movie. It's there. It's there. It belongs in tow with everyone. I mean, I was watching uh, the, the 2019 Beach Bum, too. And, jeez, Beach Bum, within minutes, had me pulled in. And, yes, we'll be discussing Beach Bum, too. To tease the next episode before we talk about this movie... We're sticking with our football theme because we love football. And we're still upset, sad, disappointed from the Super Bowl. We'll be doing the Matthew McConaughey, We Are Marshall. Gotta do it, guys. So, Killer Joe, William Friedkin. Friedkin. (coughs) William Friedkin himself has a memeable viral moment with film director... A uh, very odd interview. Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, the individual behind Dr- uh, Drive, the Ryan Gosling movie. Nicholas Winding Refn uh, does this interview with William Friedkin. I don't know what year it was, and he it is like it's hard to see if it's ironic, but Friedkin, you can see Friedkin's having none of it, and Friedkin's there, uh, like sort of entertaining Nicholas Winding Refn, and we at that point. When we look at uh, Nicholas Winding Refn's career since that interview, it's tough. Yeah. <coughs> oh my God! Excuse me, people. Hey, I'm still recovering from November's illness. But Nicholas Winding Refn, I believe, thought he was the next William Friedkin. He thought that William Friedkin, in his initial years, Gave us three masterpieces The French Connection, The Exorcist, Sorcerer. Sorcerer, thank God, has had a resurgence. Uh, so many people are discovering that movie. That's starring Roy Schneider. But Franken's career uh, in 1985 took a pop to live and die in LA. Nin- 10 years after that, 1995, another pop with Jade. Previously on this podcast, we discussed Bug 2006. Bug is one of the greatest psychological movies ever made. And then we have Killer Joe, five years after that, 2011. And Freakin' uh, wraps up his, his filmography in 2023, The Kane Mutiny Court Martial. The Kane Mutiny is... Uh, Playwrights and filmmakers love the Kane Mutiny. Uh, I believe, I kind of want to say there's at least four solid movies made from that, uh, in, like, incidents. And I, I can't speak on it any further, because I just don't know. William Friedkin also, in 1994, he gave us uh, Nick Nolte as one of the greatest movie coaches of all time in Blue Chips. Uh, Blue Chips is is one of the great basketball movies. And we have uh, The Hunted. And The Hunted is, uh, when it comes to self-help gurus or the the red pillars or the the pro-bro internet community, uh, there's a couple clips from Rules of Engagement. uh, Or, or, I mean, a couple clips from The Hunted that are uh, serviced. To kind of prove points about meeting the day, if that makes any sense. But yeah, William Friedkin's there. Uh, this movie is based on a play. 
comes off as such. Also, uh, we're also starring here Emil Hirsch, who is on my list. Uh, we say this all the time. Emil Hirsch, Nick Stahl, uh, you know, kind of like young Hollywood. Uh, at one time, I thought these guys were going to take over Hollywood. I thought Emil Hirsch and Nick Stahl would be in multiple big budget blockbusters franchises uh and you know oscar nominations i hate hollywood <laughs> i hate hollywood uh gina gershon's in this movie and she's just looking h-o-t as normal the movie also opens up with a uh, very clear image of her um her bush i'll just say her bush her privates her punani and Thomas Hayden Church, uh, another killer masterful performance. Juno Temple plays uh, the love interest. So we get this love scene in this movie with McConaughey and Juno Temple. And it is, it's erotic as it's, it's, it's awkward. But it's a love scene and it really is two individuals falling in love with one another. I, uh, you might watch this movie and think about that and be like, film buff, uh, where, wh <laughs> what the hell, come on. We're dealing with a deeply broken world. Uh, we're dealing with a part of the world, a part of America, a part of the uh, flyover country, as people like to, to call it, that a lot of people don't encounter. And there's movies like this. There's movies like Gumo that nail this. These are desperate people. McConaughey is the one of power in this. He has absolute power in this movie. But there's a solid love scene. And this movie uh, in the arrangements we'll say and the uh, arranged encounters in this movie gets complicated and Emile Hirsch is just trying to get a leg up in this world he needs McConaughey's help McConaughey is a police detective officer doubles as a, uh, a dirty hitman he will make your body disappear for I think his price was 15 or 25 thousand dollars so, like, the, this whole scheme unfolds. And the movie ends in what I would call the greatest movie monologue of all time by McConaughey. The movie ends in a shock. The movie ends in violence. And this movie ends hopeful. There's no missing beat. There's no missing scene. You kind of argue two things when we discuss The Exorcist and French Connection. There's no scene to take out of those movies. This is why I absolutely hate any extended or director's cut or studio producer's cut of The Exorcist. The Exorcist should be, uh, should be as, as it always was. This movie is there. And William Friedkin now is in a true class of his own. Now, there's filmmakers that are uh, long 
have made really good movies. And, you know, like you can say Francis Ford Coppola, Godfather, The Conversation, Godfather 2. Right? And those are longer movies, too. Like, right? I mean, there's very, there's nothing to trim out of those movies. So, you gotta give that to Coppola. But William Friedkin, the time between Exorcist... 1973 all the way to 2011 that is a level of consistency that is unmatched i haven't seen jade in a while uh, i'm not familiar with guardian rampage there's so much of his filmography and you kind of want to say he's he's my second long form study at this point outside of ridley scott and yes we will have some ridley scott bangers coming your way but people don't dismiss this movie. Do not sleep on this movie. This movie has a fantastic love scene. That's it. and some of it's dark. You have to understand that there's a dark edge to this world, but it has the greatest movie monologue of all time. Uh, it's beyond me that McConaughey uh, doesn't get an Oscar for for this effing movie. But as always observed on this podcast, the best out the best actor category is the most competitive every single year. Uh, even during these, uh, you know, um, diversity driven times, we'll say, or the diversity uh, inclusion uh, mandated times. This movie's legit. It's a must watch. If you don't know it, and you're talking to me, I, I'm going to look down on you. The film pop's going to look down on you, and uh, kudos to anyone that looked down on me when I said I haven't seen this movie. Rock and roll, get ready. We are Marshall. Okay, that's a wrap.